Hey, what's up? It's Ed Die, and you're listening to the Ed Die Horror and Paranormal Podcast, where we talk about stuff that's going on in the world of horror and paranormal. We talk about books, cases, movies, comic books, and all stuff, video games that falls within the realm. Uh, if you guys want to support us, what we're doing, you can always support us on Patreon. Just go to patreon.com slash Podcast. You can always hit us up for the podcast on social media, on Twitter and Facebook. It's simple. It's facebook.com or twitter.com slash Podcast. Or you can hit us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, and I believe, yeah, TikTok too. If you want to get a hold of me directly, it's all any of those. Just at is Dead. Now, this episode is previously recorded from the second time around when I did my interview with Travelers Paranormal, which is uh, two friends of mine, uh, Megan and Johanna, and they're going to be talking about how they got into and what they're doing with their paranormal investigations. Like I said, second time around, because the first time we did record it, and apparently the Zoom app just decided not to actually save the file. Uh, don't know what's going on there. Thankfully, it worked this time. Uh, you guys can listen to it, and they will be back because we do touch upon so, a couple of other subjects that they're involved in and stuff about their history that there's so much storyline behind that we could do a whole other episodes, which we will do it on them. But anyway, here we go. Let's check out the interview with Travelers Paranormal. She she better. I even posted on Facebook. I like, Zoom, don't mess this up again. Yeah. I'm talking to... Traveler, now do you guys you guys going just travelers or travelers paranormal investigations? So it's really just travelers, but then most of what I have on like social media, it's some version of travelers paranormal. Just because I don't know, there's a stupid insurance company or something <laughs> that like use travelers all over the place. Now we're talking to Joe and Meh, so we're cutting the names down short. Uh-huh. Oh no. Well be happy. I almost called you Johan. Johan. That'd be a Yo- new one. <laughs> so all right, so this is the second time we're recording this uh this interview, because I'm not even gonna hide that. I think I even posted on social media that we recorded it once before. <laughs> yeah. And for everyone listening, it came out perfect. Yeah, it was beautiful last time. It was so beautiful. It was so long and beautiful. I could have probably broken it to like three episodes. And then Zoom was like, no. <laughs> All right. Like, so, no podcast for you. Nope. Yeah. No, no, nothing for me. I was like, oh, gee, thanks. You know, it's not, not like. We just spent all this time putting, you know, asking all these questions, getting all this news. I still have, I have some of the notes I took as we spoke and stuff. Okay. But I know you guys. When we first spoke before, you guys had just done uh, three investigations because I know his, you had mentioned you did three investigations really quickly and you yeah. guys were going over the stuff. I think what you did the Vail Mansion in yep, Missouri, in Independence, Missouri. The... We had gone back to the Crescent Hotel in Arkansas. And we probably also mentioned the Lotes House in Franklin. Yeah, those are the two places. And then you, uh, the crisis where you guys said uh, you had your first uh, investigation. Yes, that so, that was the one that started it. But 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 what happened? <laughs> so, because like you guys said, you guys are still going over all your um, the your findings. So what do you guys? Since this was what months ago now too. This was like over the summer that we spoke, and 
Zoom decided to drop us. Yeah, well, but actually, uh, since then, we are uh, still behind. On we are still too. behind because we went back to Waverly Hills. And oh, since yeah. the other is already old, we said we'll do our Waverly Hills because it's fresh in our mind anyway. Mm-hmm. And then we'll go back to the others since they're old. And so it's as made- far as- yeah, and it's just the two of you. So, I mean, I remember we discussed that. Yeah, that t- that's a lot of stuff to go through. It's the longest part is so both of us will carry recorders with us. And what we'll do when we come home is we create a transcript of the entire experience. So from the two recorders, from all the video, from everything like that. And that's what takes the longest because listening back to six hours of audio to create a transcript is it takes a lot longer to make a transcript. We're like, who spoke? You know, we, if there's other people there, we're trying to figure out who exactly was talking. And then just listening over, you know, listening over and over if we think we actually heard an EVP. Now we're trying to turn the volume up or something like that. So that process, like trying to listen to even 10 or 15 minutes to create an accurate transcript can take a long time. So when it's, you know, six hours of it, uh, that's that's the, the part of the process it takes a lot. Once we get the first recorder done and we've got a pretty good transcript from that recorder, assuming that we stayed together and didn't really split up too much, the rest of it will go much faster. We haven't if we have something like Waverly where we kind of split up, um, that's just gonna make the recordings take even longer. And then we'll be able to go through the video and all that stuff, which will help us place where the video is if we had like a stationary camera or something. When we come back into frame to where the stationary camera is, um, the transcript will help us kind of place different things in the timeline. But it's just it's making that initial transcript that that takes the longest. And you guys are running what a recorder each and a camera each. At a minimum. Um, minimum, Jesus. We've got yeah, we've got a recorder each. Um, we've got in in a lot of them, multiple of them. We've got a camera each a recorder each, and then there could be stationary cameras. So the Lotes house in Franklin, um, I had three stationary cameras set up, plus our two recorders, plus a video camera that I was carrying, and Megan had a uh, like a body camera on. So it's three recorders that were stationary and just triggering on motion, and then two full cameras recording the whole time and two audio recorders. But it's worth it to have that redundancy because in our our first investigation at Waverly Hills, listening to one recording, we thought we had an EVP when we referenced it to the the other recorder, we realized it was another person. It was just, they, they talked quietly and it sounded odd. Like the sound was off. You listen on one thing, you're like, oh, I got a voice. I think it's saying he yes. said, let let me go. And then you go to the other recording, you hear some guy saying, oh, my Uber Eats is here. Yes, yeah. exactly. But that's that's what, seven recorders going, two cameras, two audio recorders, <clears throat> pretty much consistently going. So if you're, if you guys are at a place for what, uh, 10 hours, that's 40 hours of stuff to go through. And then three other stationary cameras that go off whenever something sets them off. So that's, yeah, so another... that could be, you know, intermittent. We don't know how much that'll be. Yeah. So 40 out, you're, you're already looking at what, uh, 
close to possibly 48 hours of stuff and not just letting it play, but 48 hours of sitting there in silence, staring at the, yes, at the yes. screen and listening. Listening to audio recordings is super exciting where I'm just looking at literally a green line that's showing me when there's spikes of audio. <laughs> Very exciting. So you're okay. So that makes sense. Cause my, my I was going to ask, I'm like, when you have like, you just put headphones on and listen carefully, but you're looking on the computer to actually visually see. So it's not like you can read a book while you listen to it. Nope. 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 It's on the, I might be like looking at pictures or something mainly because I'm picking out pictures that I would want to use as I'm, you know, going to turn this audio file into something that looks like a video because nobody else wants to just, you know, listen to an audio file. So a lot of my videos that I put up on YouTube will have, you know, the audio running over different pictures that we took because so many of these locations are just fantastic to be in. So we'll take a ton of pictures and at least use that to, to add to the videos to give someone something to look at. And the video I do, I will have, I'll have the link. So people saw off my website, they can click and go to there. How many videos yes. do you have up there as of now? So on my YouTube channel, let's see, is there an easy way for me to find this out? There's a little bit over close to 50. Oh, okay. Um, I think that was, that was my goal was to have something like 50. Oh, there's 60. Oh. So I've got 60 videos right now. That's one good thing. Last time we talked, you were kind of saying like, get your social media in order. Do social media like, <laughs> now rather than later. And I had the 60 videos on my regular YouTube. So I created a YouTube for our group. And I'm glad you said that because re-downloading and re-uploading 60 videos was not really fun. So if we kept going <laughs> and then decided to do this, it would have been even more work. So now we actually have you know, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, and YouTube, uh, specifically for travelers. TikTok. Yeah. <laughs> it's funny how much um, this paranormal stuff on TikTok. I don't know. I don't always follow it because a lot of it is people will make a channel and say their house is haunted. And half the time I'm like, it's really not. Uh, there's, the, <laughs> there's this English woman, and I think it was on TikTok. We, we saw it on somewhere else, but we saw her videos and she's an English woman and her house is haunted. And in one of the TikToks, she's just like, she's come downstairs because she hears noise and she's talking to the spirit. It's really terrible, but we, we like repeat it all the time because she's like, spirits in the kitchen, spirits in the kitchen. Why are you doing this with her, <laughs> her British accent? So I'm pretty sure we have recordings where we're walking around someplace haunted going spirits in the kitchen. <clears throat> just like she said it. Cause it was funny to us. Her, her poor traumatic haunting. That's Weird. like, uh, Oh, what was it? Um, what's his name? Chip coffee. Who was on, uh, who's been on a couple of like those ghost hunting shows. Yeah. I forgot what episode it was where he's, uh, he's contacting a spirit and he gets the name and he just yells, Margaret. Margaret! <laughs> and then, uh, <laughs> And from then on, me and my brother, whenever we'd be we were anywhere that was like remotely possibly haunted, we'd, do, we'd just look at each other and be like, Margaret! <laughs> of course, whatever spirit's there is like, why, why the hell are you calling me Margaret? Yeah, that's not my name. So, the but the but your videos are definitely not like uh, ghost adventures where you guys are like, oh my God, it said something! Oh my God! And then no, like run no. out of the house. 
No, we, we have like a running uh, running time where we're like, yet another time where we thought we heard something and didn't freak out. Or like recently we went back to Waverly and we split up and Johanna went down the body chute mm. and I stayed in the morgue. And at one point on our recorder with me, I felt like something was touching my face at one point. I felt like something was touching my hip at one point um, while I was by myself. And so you just had me on the recorder, like being like, just marking that something was maybe touching me. Um, not I, running out of the morgue, but. I, I do, however, scream as I'm walking scream. down the body chute because I walked into a giant spider web. <laughs> we also were commenting on the bats. We, we yelled more at spiders and bats than anything else at Waverly Yeah, Hills. for some reason there was a bat. And it, at one point on the, on the recording, I'm just like, I can take ghosts. I just can't take the bats. No more bats, please. And the spirits are probably like, I, I was going to say something, but then she started screaming about these damn spider yeah. webs. That's <laughs> 100% what was going to happen. So you guys are basically looking at your Waverly, I'll keep wanting to say Waverly Place, like Wizards of Waverly Place. <laughs> Waverly Hills, is that what uh, you're focused at on that investigation right now, looking at your findings on that? Yeah, and that one we're almost done. So we're just going to listen to the, the last recorder, and this will be fast because we basically already have the transcript done. So we're just double checking what we think. we. If we thought we heard an EVP, we're going to check and make sure that that's what it sounds like on this recorder. And so that should go pretty fast. And then we'll go back to our uh, evidence review on the Lotes house, which is what we paused um, to go over Waverly. Do you think you got any um, photos from uh, Waverly? So I have one. Well, we got to look at it more, but I, I was stupid and only took two photos. So in one photo, there's nothing. And in the second photo, there's kind of something. But I don't have more to a series of that. And so what she's so, referring to is normally we try to take three photos at a time of the same spot without changing the camera angle so that you can make a compare at least three photos. So you can make a comparison if something moved. You know that you're looking at it in relatively the same amount of time and from relatively the same place to try to make a determination. But for what like like a before, during, and after. Yeah. Yeah. So I only have two photos, so I've got to look at it more closely, but it could have been somebody. And that's part of the problem with Waverly. When we go to Waverly, um, it's a public investigation. So there was yeah. like 20, 25 other people um, in the building. Now it's a huge building, but there was at least 20, 25 other people in the building at the time. Yeah. So, and, it, and it definitely doesn't help if you have like someone that's not actually seriously like investigating is like on the yeah. other side of the building going Ooh, look at me Ooh. yep so this this trip to waverly we we dream of someday wa renting waverly out for like just us but that's like a grand so uh it's a lot of money so this time when we went obviously we had the recorders we had some things that we planned to do like me going to body shoot and her staying in the morgue Mm -hmm. But more so, we were just thinking of trying to orient ourselves to the building a little bit more so that when we finally do have the finances to shell out a grand for that, um, we can make a better plan of where would I put cameras? What, it, you know, what is the area that I would want to focus on? How would I want to break up my night to get the most out of the time I have there? It's funny you say that because my first thought when you said, because you said, you know, the amount and it's something we discussed before too how you know doing this isn't exactly a um 
a money making venture. Nope. Nope. It's definitely a money making venture. <laughs> but my thought was, uh, even if you you guys could always like start a GoFundMe just for your group for people that want it, and then anyone that not a GoFundMe, even like a Patreon, so that yeah. any anyone that pays you, you get to see the uh, the you know you know what I mean. You guys don't have to post everything on social media, but anyone on Patreon, well then you'll get to see the photos we didn't post, like when I yeah. tripped and broke my glasses or something. Uh, but on top of that, my thought was also, even if you get other people or other groups to join you, if you you know what I mean, and put money in to pull it together to do it for one night. Yeah, which is one thing. So. We've already booked the first location we're going to go to next year. It won't be the first investigation we do because it's not until March. Mm-hmm. But I actually put down the deposit, and we're hoping to get. I'm hoping group to get. To come in with us. Yeah, another group to come in with us so that I already paid the the first half, and maybe I can find someone that'll help us. You know, with the second half. It's also it's it's Rockville. Uh, it's in Rockville, Indiana, and it's an old sanatorium slash prison. Mm-hmm. And it's like four different buildings. It's a huge property. So I'm trying right now to see if I can get like another group to come in and we'll, you know, maybe split the cost on that a little bit. Yeah. I remember last time you guys mentioned um, doing the, I think going to do the Thomas house or you did the Thomas house, but you were planning on doing the St. Augustine lighthouse, the trans alligator, whatever it's called. Yeah, and, and Bobby McKay, McKay's or Bobby McGee, Bobby Mackey. So Trans Allegheny is probably going to wait till not next year, but the year after. But that's the hope right now. St. Augustine Lighthouse, Bobby Mackey's, Rockville, Indiana, and then also in Indiana, we're going to go back to Hartford City, um, where we went to a house there. There's two other locations that we want to go to. That's kind of what we're looking to for for next year. Uh, well, if anyone's listening, <laughs> if any other groups are listening, they should, de- yeah, definitely get a hold of you guys. That's what, the Indiana area? I'm wondering. I don't know if I know anyone. I know people in the area, but I don't think I know any uh, paranormal uh, groups. Paranormal groups. And the people I do know, I think, would just probably run screaming the moment they even got to like the building. Yeah, we don't need them to come. They'll, <laughs> they'll mess up all of our cameras yes. and audio. What's in the Hartford City exactly? Um the Monroe House, that's what it was, yes. (laughs) Yes, and the Monroe House like has some of our, I think, our coolest evidence that we we got when we were there. And um, I did a a deep dive into the history of this house because I've seen it. It's been on at least one TV show. It was on Paranormal Lockdown. And then I've seen other, you know, YouTubers and stuff that have gone there. And there's a lot of kind of repeat things that people get in EVPs and spirit box sessions. So I, I really deep dove into the property to try and, and look up the history of it. Like going back to, I think the earliest actual transaction that I have is the sale of the property in like 1897. So I went as far back as I could um, looking at that specific property and I wasn't really finding anything at that house that matched with what people are getting on their EVPs and their spirit box. But I found things in the area um, that made sense to it. So we're wondering if by looking at that house and property lines, maybe people are just hearing things because that's where they are. And like the spirits are traveling to where people are asking questions. So our plan for Hartford City is to go back. There's two other locations. There's the house 
um, on Monroe Street that we've been to. There's the old Blackford County Jail, which is basically a block away. And then there's another building in the downtown area, um, the Griffin Building, that has uh, ha is said to be haunted. And I know of another group that's done at least two or three overnights there. And we want to try and go to all three of these locations in the span of a week. Jeez. Um, oh, <laughs> because they're all getting the same kind of... Uh, they're getting things about like a woman's either murder or suicide and uh, a, a death or a murder of a baby. And it it's not making sense to that house, but it makes sense to some of the buildings in the downtown area. And there's also reference to a fire, things that I can't really find at that house, but I'm trying to see might also be in the area. Um, and if we can go to all three locations, like a Monday, Wednesday, Friday, take a week of vacation from work. Um, <laughs> Maybe we can do a little, um, you know, get more more information about what people are hearing on their spirit box. Yeah, it makes me think. Um, the phrase that came to mind: it's like a neighborhood haunting. It the, the ghost is popping up here and there, like you said, because that's where people are going to. But that doesn't mean the ghost is from that spot. Right, yeah, and then there's the questions of like property lines and stuff, because this was at one time all one person's property mm -hmm. and they had uh you know eventually sold it off and stuff and so some of the things that happened at the inn the the griffin building if that was from a certain time period it would have all been connected those spirits that would be there would have thought of all of that property as one place and a whole a whole week but you and it's funny because you said what monday wednesday and friday so give yourselves what tuesday and thursday to do the other stuff not at the locations yeah to do to do some well one recharge all of the the devices um sleep ourselves and maybe be able to do a little bit of evidence review oh, i was gonna say maybe a little partying <laughs> for that find some nice local breweries there's not much to do in indiana sorry indiana <laughs> that, well, they should be apologizing if they're the ones that don't have. No, I'm just kidding. I, I can't talk. We're intended. Well, we're near Nashville. No, if I and if I'm, from looking at my notes here, if I remember the Monroe House in Hartford City, some of the research you did was in conjunction with for an author or something, right? Well, I had my re so my research was separate, but there was the the author. Um, his name is Richard Estep, and he had been reaching out to people that had been to the house looking for information. And so I had sent him my my blog where I basically had this whole history outline um, and I spoke to him on the phone and he was able to use the research that I had done. Some of the research that I had done along with, you know, research that the property owners had done um, and, you know, other investigators that have been in that area um, to help with information for his book. So that was that was I'd already done my research and stuff, but it was it was awesome to be able to assist to assist him or have my not only my research, but, you know, some of our findings back up things he was hearing um, and help him with that. And so it was cool also just to be credited in, in his book. Yeah. Thanks for her assistance. I think I can't remember now. I know at one point he, he referred to me as, as a, a blogger, but I think he also referred to me as a historian at one point. Which and I was like, yes, makes you I'm a historian. <laughs> yeah. That sounds grown up. Richard Estep on Dark Ground, available now on Amazon.com. Yes. Really good book. 
And he's actually just had another book come out and he had had a contest um, to write the dedication to that book because he oh. was traveling. And if you accurately guessed what haunted locations he put up with uh, on his on his social media with a picture and like a clue, if you accurately guessed those locations, you were entered to write the dedication for a dedication on his new book. And Johanna actually won that too. So she got to write the dedication for his new book that came out. So now you're both bona fide. You're both legit. And it, yeah, and you guys, I'm seeing here. Whoops, sorry, Eddie. That's okay. That's okay. Did you step on their foot? What happened? No. So there is a loose dog wandering our neighborhood about two hours ago, and we've captured it and we have it in our backyard. And I'm waiting to hear from hopefully its owner. So our dog and our seven cats are very much on alert right now because there's a strange dog crying in the backyard, but he's got no collars and tags on him. So hopefully I've posted on my neighborhood page and I've posted on a a local lost pets page and hopefully we'll be able to find his owner soon. Well, that's awfully sweet of you too. Actually, you know, I just realized being that we're recording this and cause it's funny cause I'm going off of what I know and what, you know, and what I know about you too, going off of the initial interview that we did. And I'm, and I'm realizing the one thing I, I didn't even mention is yeah, that these two are sisters, twin sisters. Oh yeah, that's true. We are twinsies. And then uh, yes. I have here, uh, Meg's background is in literature and Joe's is in philosophy and psychology. Yes. And we've put that all together to work in retail. <laughs> They're <laughs> going to say to work on ghosts. To work in retail, yes. I could help you find the best top to go with those pants. Mm -hmm. And then when you go home, I could tell you if, if it's haunted. If your house yes. is haunted, yes. And And that's something you guys are open to do, though, right? You're doing public investigations, but you'd like to do private residential ones so too I, the my i would love to to do a private residence but my own thing is making sure that expectations are set like i can i can try and get evidence if you think your house is haunted i can try and get you know recordings or whatever to back that up validate your experiences but i can't do anything i i don't know how to cleanse the home i don't know how to remove anything so if you like as long as expectations are are set there are certain things that and we, we know, I know I can't play with and that. And we know of local groups who, who could help with that. Um, but it's not something that we um, know. Or if you if you try to do it and you do it wrong, you can make so many things worse. And so it's not something that we're able to do. Yeah, that's that's one thing I think a lot of people don't think are so used to watching show. Like they'll watch a show and they're like, "Oh, um, so we got them someone to clean this thing," and it's like it's not them doing it; it's someone else, a third party. They get to come in and help. And then at the same time, there's other shows where it's like, "Yes, the place is haunted," and then the episode kind of ends, and people are left like, "Well, did you do anything about it?" And they forget, you know, just because you're an investigator, doesn't yeah. you know? Like you're you're a detective. Yeah. You're not the police. You're like, I can show you proof that he's cheating on you, but it's up to you to go hire the lawyer. <laughs> yeah, basically. exactly. I, I can go, I can try and get, you know, a, a recording or I can try and get a, a cabinet opening and a door closing and all that kind of stuff. But when, when, you know, when the investigation is over, I can't tell you what to do to get rid of it or anything like that. But that's something that you'll, uh, in time, I guess the more you travel, the more people you meet, and hopefully, if there's like conventions and stuff, you guys can go to. You'll start making connections and meeting people. I mean, I have 
people here I know that that have told me a couple of things I can do for other people that have had uh, situations here. Yeah. In New York. So, I mean, it's just building the, um, the connections. Like I have, I know of a group in our area that man, if I ever ran into somebody that was having some serious trouble, I'll be like, you need to contact these people because they're called the night stalkers and they will be able. <laughs> it sounds like they're the ones that will be causing the problems with that name. But they, they will be able to help you with whatever is going on. Um, they're the ones that have the know-how and you know, the knowledge to do that. Night stalkers, you said they're called. Yeah, they're in they're in Kentucky. If you're trying to look them up, down. they're in. I guess they're out of. Well, they operate out of uh, Octagon Hall in Franklin, Kentucky. So we met them when we went to Octagon Hall. There was a couple of them there before uh, earlier in the day. Being, you know, talk about having met groups. You're obviously, you know, you're making friends, connections. Have you come across? And you don't have to say who or give details. Have you come across anyone that you're like, ah, oh, this asshole again? Not in a group, no. We we went on an investigation with someone who was um, ruining the investigation for everyone. But the the people that we've met with that were in groups um, or dealt with that are in groups have all been clearly there for the love of learning about the paranormal, which is nice. Not people who are going to scream and run out of a yeah. Corner. But well, there was there was some people that I'd been talking to before we went to Waverly Hills. And then once we got there, I, I, I was like, I think that's the person I was talking to, but <laughs> I didn't go over to them. And I'm glad I didn't because later on, um, they were, they were provoking in a way that was disrespectful, um, to, to the spirits, to the place. And, uh, I was glad that we kind of did not team up or anything like that. It's, and it's funny how we said before, it's not something you're making money in. It's something you definitely put money into yes. and teaming up and just start for you guys. <clears throat> I mean, technically, yeah, guys are still in the starting out phase even, even, as yeah. much as you've got a couple of investigations. And that's, you said, the hardest part is starting out because it's where can you go and who's going to take you uh, seriously or legit yeah. if you haven't been around long enough or have like don't have like a long clientele list yeah so and and that's why like this year will be a big step because when i finally do i've contacted people at bobby mackey's but i haven't booked anything i was kind of just like fact finding Mm -hmm. so i know when we do that it will just be the two of us this place in rockville indiana unless i get someone else to come in with me which is fine if i don't but that will legitimately 100 percent just be the two of us um which is which is a nice kind of huge uh, jumping off point. Investigations. And then I am looking here at the notes I also have here. The Creeper, Waverly Hills. Yes. Did any, because you guys were talking about here, I think it said last time you guys were going to there. And that's what you were anticipating? (laughs) The first time we went there, Megan had a couple of photos that she that we think because it was on the fourth floor um, and there was kind of just shadow play happening in the photos and she did it right. She took a series of photos. So this time when we went by, when we went back, we were definitely looking forward to going back to that area where she'd gotten those photos. Um, This time when we went to Waverly Hills, like I said, it, it ended up just being us kind of 
walking around and more so orienting ourselves to a very large building and areas that we want to go back to. But Waverly, um, whether it's the creeper or something else, the shadows inside that building, they will they will interact with you. Um, you will clearly see shadows moving. You you need to walk around the place when it's dark. Um, I had a, I had video cameras with me, but I was holding them down so the light um, wouldn't affect my eyes mm-hmm. because there's something special about that building, and it's definitely there's definitely something there um, that that you will see. You will see the shadows moving. You will see them passing doorways, like a hundred percent. You will see that if you keep your eyes kind of used to the dark. So you definitely suggest, even if you're not going to go film or take pictures, just go there and experience it. There are different options. Like you can do two hour tours or you can do like a six hour overnight. That's a public investigation, which is what we did. We did this six hour overnight. Basically the first two hours was the two hour tour. Um, It was a very detailed tour throughout the building, the different areas, the history of it, what they have as far as paranormal, what people usually experience. And then for the last four hours, they left you to, you know, go wherever you, they didn't leave you. The people from Waverly Hills were still in the building, but they let you, you could be, they could be as involved or uninvolved as you wanted um, in your investigation. So like there was a big group of people, I think, that had never done anything like this before. And they kind of stayed with the, the guys that were giving us the tour. And then Megan and I were able to, you know, break off and, and go do our own thing for the last four hours. Um, but it's a, it's a, it's a really neat building. <laughs> You're like, it's a neat building. Take the kids. Yes. I love it. <laughs> uh, speak, speaking to kids, you guys, um, your paranormal interest kind of started off with you guys as kids anyway, That right? Yes. So I don't know. I mean, I do know. I think being twins definitely has something to it. Um, I think there's definitely already kind of a connection. Going back to when we were very young, we've got stories of like me getting hurt or Megan getting hurt and the other one feeling pain or feeling uncomfortable or hearing us talk in our heads or yeah, having conversations without speaking um, or me being in class and episode on its own yeah me being in class and hearing my name called when megan is you know two floors away talking about me to somebody but i feel like i hear her calling my name um so there there was that kind of already weirdness going on and then um we had there were some there were times where we would, one of us would start a dream and the other one would finish it or we'd have the same dream um, and kind of some things like that. And then there was definitely something uh, that was haunting Megan's bedroom when we were children um, to the point where there are times where she slept on the foot of my bed rather than go into her bedroom. Um, and that I did, if my cat would not go in my room, I was also not going <laughs> in my room. Yep. Oh, good. You had something to test the room before you yeah. went in. If he didn't want to go in, it was a clear sign of no entry. And uh, and and dealing with that, um, obviously, we were interested. We were trying to understand, you know, what was going on. 
And uh, and then, yeah, we decided to start looking for it ourselves. I remember there's a couple of stories I remember from you guys telling me from when you were older, like in college and stuff. But like I said, we can leave that for another. <laughs> well, that'll be the background episode when we go. <laughs> we can. Uh, um, most notably, our, our college, the where we were was said to be haunted and there were said to be two different spirits. But also, um, it, there was definitely a familiarity about it, and it felt like the creature or whatever was in my room as a child. Um, there was a period of time at college where it felt like that, it just felt that familiar. It felt like it was that same spirit that was now there, like it had followed us. And it was one time when we were, we were um, walking, and I, um, I felt like I had an out-of-body experience where I was somewhere in the woods looking at us. And it immediately made me think that that creature was in the woods looking at us. And I was stopped where I was, and I said that to Joe that that's what was happening. And she yelled out into the woods to leave us alone. Leave my sister alone. Leave my sister alone. And I do believe that actually is the last experience that we had with whatever with that that thing. specific creature is that all it took then yeah, you could have opened your mouth way earlier yeah no right <laughs> i just need to talk to it well, sternly <laughs> see that's funny because I'm, I'm thinking about how um maybe you guys should go uh get a hold um like some somebody involved I, like i don't know what the phrase what phrasing i want to say i don't want to say uh psychic stuff uh, maybe more the metaphysical Mm-hmm. And then have and like have certain crystals or stuff maybe that you carry or certain charms that might be able to help you guys. Because it definitely sounds like, you know, it's, something was keeping an eye on you. So you never know, how, especially with that situation and being twins. So there's already um, something that's different about you two when you yeah. go into an investigation. And then my thought is you never know how whatever you're going into is going to react to that. Yeah. You know what I mean? You might want to go in with some more than um, just investigation, but go with some armor on. Usually usually we do. Like I have a, a rosary beads that were blessed. Like I, I will I will take those with me um, as, as something for protection. And then uh, obviously uh, we're not playing with anything. I'm never, you hear, you hear like people say like you have permission in an investigation of, I'll be like you have permission to touch me or you have I will never say those words in an investigation nothing will have any permission to, to touch me or come into me or nothing like that yeah this is not a date <laughs> yeah yeah not happening and every time I see that like on a show or or whatever like it makes me cringe like why would you say that yeah yeah I mean it's it's funny how some of the, I mean, it makes me wonder sometimes some of the people doing the shows and doing that stuff, how much do they believe in what they're doing? Do they really think they're going to be affected by it? Do Are they expecting it? But the other thing I was going to say about the spirit that you said, how it felt familiar, it reminds me of some situations where an investigator or even a priest is brought into a situation to deal with some kind of paranormal uh, problem. But the entity or whatever that they're going to deal with has kind of been reaching out to that person before they even got involved. Yeah. Like, um, I'm trying to remember. I, I don't remember what case it was. I do remember reading a book and there's a, 
a priest that get, got pulled into an investigation, but like a month or two before he even knew or he was even contacted or told to go uh, investigate, that he started having dreams of uh, some like weird spirit creature following him, bothering him. And it was kind of just giving him the message of stay away. Oh, that's crazy. But yeah, I, mean, I, I would wonder that, like I said, we, we're not inviting anything to do anything, but I also sometimes like in the back of my mind, like, you know, I don't know exactly what could follow us home or anything along those lines. And it's interesting too with the Monroe house, um, which obviously we, we mean to go back to, but in the, Johanna did a very deep dive into the history and it, it felt like almost an obsession for a little while before Ooh, we really went. Did. I was obsessed. Um, and obviously it was, it was good that she did that, that history and everything like that. Um, but Never. then even after when we left, um, immediately when we left, we were like, we're going to come back. It just, there's something about like <laughs> that location that other people have said it too, that yeah. that location um, there's something there's something about that that house that yeah it definitely felt like an obs- I have never researched as hard as I was researching to learn about that building and try and figure out you know what try and make sense of what people are getting you know in their own recordings and for several months I came home from work and I was immediately looking up old newspapers and and property you know registers and just i would get a name of someone and i would start searching you know old newspaper databases for anything i could find about that person um and part of it was concern because if you had seen the tv episode the tv show paranormal lockdown they they went there twice and their episodes they called it the demon house like um and there's and so part of the concern and the reason to deep dive into the history was um just what we were saying we don't want to also we want to investigate and be smart and safe about it. And so if we were potentially walking into something that um, was incredibly negative, we wanted to know what it was we might be walking into. There's groups that have run out of that house, you know, in the middle of the night. They they haven't stayed the whole night. Um, like at least three or four groups that I know of um, that that's happened to. So specifically in that location. So I wanted to make sure that, you know, we had an idea as to what we were dealing with. If there's something sinister going on there, you know, like what could it be? And there's no doubt that the people that have lived in that house have had really hard lives while living there. Like a lot of bad stuff happening to people that live in that house. And we had um, interesting, some some very interesting um, evidence that we caught from it. We were doing an S-Box session and S-Box is a device that um, goes very rapidly through different radio um, stations so that if you were to get something of a sentence or a few words together, you're getting that across several different stations. So the theory is that the spirits are able to manipulate basically the white noise of the changing stations in order to make um, a statement. And we were at the very end of our night uh, investigating, doing investigation and doing a final S-Box session. And we were talking about that spirits cannot come home with us. Um, and it was us and, and one other fellow, I think, were the only ones that had made it the night, not because of people getting scared, just because Indiana is cold um, in <laughs> April. And um, 
And so we're at the very end of the night and we're talking about how the spirits had to stay in this lovely house, which um, was facetious because the gentleman who owns it was trying to fix it up, but it, it's, it's in the process of being repaired. Um, and definitely was at that time. And we were like, well, when Eddie finishes, it'll be a lovely house. And we get a sentence across the S box to the effect of he can't. And the three of us were all, I think it just said he can't finish. And we asked um, why, and we get um, voices that come through that say us, the spirits. And it was, it was surreal and chilling um, at the end of our night to be picking up on that. And I'm, I'm trying to remember, um, it had said us and the spirits and then stop, like as in the spirits are stopping him. And we asked, like, why, wouldn't, why won't you let him finish? And I believe it said something to the effect of the house was meant for us. And we were like, okay. You guys, that, um, that makes it, me wonder. Yeah, uh, that makes me wonder now on like the history and the building, who built the house, the architect, and all that kind of stuff comes to mind now, right? Um, yeah, and so again, we definitely plan on going back and asking more questions around that. And that one, when we were listening back to our EVPs in that house, too, there was times where we picked up voices that seemed like they were hurting us. Like we got them where they hurting H E R D I N G. I mean, like we got a voice where it was like, where are they? They're all here missed one. And we were like, it's trying to get all the people together. And oh. we didn't know what it would do if it managed to, but it never, it never did get us all together until pretty much the end of that night. How many, how many of her, uh, were you that night? Um, I think we started, did the dog get away? Oh no. The dog that we had wrangled into our backyard apparently got out of our backyard. And now, and now you know why you ended up finding him out in the neighborhood. Yeah, that's what I was afraid of. Oh my god! If he heard what we we're talking about, he goes, "I'm out of here. I'm not, yeah, I'm not, with these not hanging around in this house." Oh, uh, is now is this the house also the um? Because I have notes here that says also children in the window photo. Yes. Yeah, so there's a very famous um make sure that circulates that someone took from the outside and they picked up on two, two children um, up in the, up in one of the windows. And when Johanna was doing her history, there was a family um, that in order for to make some extra income, they had rented out the upstairs of the house, the family that owned it and the people that they rented the upstairs of the house to um, was a couple that had three children. Um, two of them were much younger than the third. And so we believe it's those two children that might have been in that picture. And one of the interesting things is um, that they, they had a very tumultuous time there. The parents were going through a public fight, um, divorce and stuff. It was all over this newspaper that Johanna got. It was like in the social pages where it was like, these people were fighting again. Yeah, it was really terrible. And it was terrible that these that the people in the neighborhood Basically, we're basically we're gossiping about it, but no one was trying to help those children. And they had what oh. had to be a terrible time in that house. 
Um, and Johanna felt very badly for those children. And what she ended up doing was, was continuing to research them and finding that those children grew up. People, people reported that the children went missing and disappeared. Yeah. There's, there's um, and stories. Part of that might be because the father had um, written them out of his will. He'd only left anything that he had to the oldest child um, for some reason. But so Johanna found them and the two children had, had lived lives, grown up. Um, one of them had a family and children of their own. And um, that, that leads to the questions too, as to, well, if they grew up though, why are they still here as children? And is it like this trauma they experienced in the house that's kind of holding their, their spirits or their reflections or their images there um, for someone to have gotten that photo? And one of the things we did when we went there is Johanna brought um, pictures from Find a Grave um, and information. And she was in that room that someone had taken that photo in and talking to the children, trying to say, look, you guys grew up. You don't have to be stuck here. And like looking at it as, you know, you said that philosophy and psychology background, like looking at it as trying to talk through the, the trauma and moving past it for if there are spirits of the children still in that house, intelligent spirits of those children still in that house, just trying to help them move behind, beyond it. And that brings you into two different types of haunting that are generally accepted with ghosts. People look at residual being like memories versus intelligent being like an actual consciousness of a spirit there. That also brings up something else though, that would make this situation creepier, which would be, um, are we sure it's the actual children or just not something using the children's background and story? And yeah. Cover? Again, that leads into, it's called the demon house. So <laughs> are these actual children? Are these some kind of, of demons or spirits that are in this house and like i said we had them and it seemed like there were multiple entities talking to each other saying where are they do we have them all they're all in one room like it felt like multiple entities talking to each other so are there spirits that are demons or whatever you want to call them that are imitating and mimic mimicking these children and then to what end would they be doing that which actually even uh that made me think of something else too um as far as mimicking and just talking like you said now, the experiences that you've had between the two of you as twins makes me wonder, Have is in your paranormal history, have you had something come between you in any kind of sense? Like, did you ever, like you said, how you sometimes remember somehow having conversations without speaking. Have you ever had a situation where you're like, uh, who the hell is this third person in this conversation? Yes. Um, there have been times and it's very frightening. It's, it's really scary, but there have been times where I'm, I'm out someplace and a thought will come into my mind and I'm like, I didn't think that mm -hmm. that's not my thought. And it's, it's an area that, um, I don't know a lot about. And so it's, it's scary when it happens. And I'm like, is this something paranormal or did I just get schizophrenic? You know, <laughs> I don't know. Those those are the two options right there. Um, but there there are definitely times where um, you know, I've I've heard something in my mind and I'm like, that that was not me. That was not my thinking. I didn't just think that. See, it's interesting. 
because I actually was talking to a friend of mine last night who's just, when he gets stressed, he tends to talk to himself and will refer to himself as we, but I, and having spoken to him, I understand it's more of a coping device. Like, like, like if maybe uh, a deeper part of him just kind of helps, like he kind of breaks himself up to two people for one that's panicking and one that's under control, but it's not a full split personality. Cause he says, even when he's talking to himself in that sense, he still feels it's within him. Yeah. And then I have a friend who's, I don't want to say severely, but very, um, schizophrenic and he hears and he does hear voices and everything but he recognizes it like he knows it's that it's not he knows i hear something but to him it's not what the hell was that it's like oh i know it's this but and then yeah. you're saying but it's the fact that you're saying it came in and to you it was totally like nope it's not that it's not that this is something totally different yeah y'all need to talk to a psychic you you in danger, girl. <laughs> yeah, right. It's funny because we, we did. Uh, there was someone local to our area who was like, um, you know, trying to get a meetup of people who were interested in the paranormal, and so we went. And while we were there, um, at one point, she's like, "I don't. I hope you don't get upset." Um, but she pointed to Megan and said, "You're very closed off," and she pointed to me and said that I was also closed off. And I want to get back with her because, one, I hope she didn't feel like I wasn't closed off to meeting people. Like I came to to meet up with people. Oh, okay, I don't yeah. know exactly what that meant. Like I hope she didn't think that that meant that I was not really interested in in meeting people in the paranormal and stuff. But I don't know exactly what she meant. <laughs> yeah. So I, I'm hoping to talk to her again and. It's Just funny that out. <clears throat> the way because uh, usually when I've spoken to people in that like psychic sense, when they say closed off and everything, they usually mean, I mean, she it's not saying that's what she means, but usually it's meant like that you're closed off at the psychic level, which as twins would make sense. Because like you said, if if there's a connection, it's like um, think about like a, you guys like as walkie talkies. Yeah, you, like the you, you circuit, your, we're on the same channel and I don't want anyone else on that channel. And for that reason, you both of you have yourself have your guards up, like at the psychic level, and close yourself off, and are very just open it quickly and shut it quickly when you're with each other. Yeah. And but that's a scary thing too, because that's one of those things. It's like, well, if you want me to open it, I don't want to walk around with it open all day. Right. And and you definitely don't want to just not have control over it if you're doing an investigation, because like you said before, you tell you know you don't want anything coming in you, but you don't want that like back door somewhere that it can find yeah and i think i think last time i told you the story about um when we were kids the church we went to um long story short the church we went to was was robbed one night and i kind of had a a dream that night that mirrored some of what happened at the church and uh to the point where huh so i had a dream megan said just tell the dream (laughs) <laughs> so I was, I was a kid. I forget how old I was, but I was, I was young. And in my dream, I'm sleeping in my bedroom. And all of a sudden someone appears at my bedroom window and starts trying to get in. And I, I yelled and screamed and I can't exactly remember the order, but I think it was my sister. So my sister comes up into my room in my dream and whoever was at my window runs away. Right. 
And then I really woke up and then I really went back to sleep again. And the same thing repeats. This guy appears at my window. I start yelling and screaming. And uh, my dad in my dream comes up and the guy runs away, right? I go back. I woke up for real. I went back to sleep. Same thing repeats. Guy's at my window. And this time I yell and scream and nobody comes. And he gets into my window. And that's when I, I fully woke myself up. And so at some point, I, I learned that the church we attended was robbed that night. And there's a convent and obviously a rectory near the church. And at one point, one of the nuns thought she heard something. At one point, one of the priests thought he saw something. But what ended up was in the morning, they discovered the church was robbed. And so sister, father, you know, that kind of stuff. Um, but I remembered the face of the guy that I saw climbing in my window for a very long time. Um, and to the point where I think at some point when there was a suspect or someone actually arrested or whatever the case was, that's the best. Terrified, and I didn't want to see his face. I didn't want to see a newspaper article. I didn't want to, cause I didn't want to know, uh, if this was going to match yeah. the face of the person in my dream. I was, you know, I was scared. And so, but I think about that a lot. Like I really should have looked to see if this matched the face of the guy. Cause then at least I would know. Well. Do you think you can go back and look it up now? I've thought about that. Do you think you remember his face well enough? I don't know. Like, if I saw the face, would I be like, that's him? I don't know. Look at the but, face. Uh, like, that's him. And you're like, oh, I wonder where he is today. You think he's on Tinder? <laughs> Swipe left. Or right. <laughs> but no, I don't know. Oh, you got to see the face <laughs> first no. to see if you like. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, so am I, Have did I... Shortly after that, there was a few other dreams that we had that were kind of scary, kind of shared, mirrored different things. And then uh, one night I had a dream where uh, like an old man, I didn't recognize him, but he was he was in my dream and he was kind of motioning with his hands like, don't be worried, you know, like slowly lowering his hands as if like to say it's OK type thing, if you can imagine that that motion. And it was a few months later when I was looking through my parents' photo album and I was like, who is this old man? And they're like, it's your grandfather. And he passed away when we were babies. So I think that he was kind of trying to come because I, I, was, I was scared about the other dream, didn't know what was going on. He was kind of trying to come and say, you know, like, it's okay, it's going to be all right. But I wonder if I, you know, in that process, at some point closed things off not understanding or not knowing what I was doing. Um, you know, but yeah, now still every once in a while, a thought comes into my head and I'm like, I didn't think that. So I don't know. It's funny you say that. Cause I had the conversation also too, that, um, that I, but I've been given the history as to why I'm closed off, but you're saying in dreams is where you seem to get more um, connections. And that's the same situation I have. I was, I actually just recently went and saw a friend of mine. She was at a uh, psychic fair, a small psychic fair. So I went and did took my niece to get a reading. And then I figured, oh, I might as well get a reading. We were talking. And her main thing is because when you're sleeping, you're, I mean, it sounds kind of creepy, but it's kind of like saying when you're sleeping, your defenses are maybe lowered a bit. So that's when your, I guess, psychic ability can maybe reach out and you can make more connections. So she was suggesting if you have dreams, even if it's a dream that doesn't feel like anything, she's just saying your best bet might just be to write it down because 
for one, you might find it's connected to something later on. Two, just as you write it down, you might remember more details. Or the process yeah. of writing it down, it's going to make you realize more. Like you might find a connection to something as you're actually writing it. I have yet to start yeah. because I'm so ADHD. <laughs> <laughs> I've already had a couple of dreams recently that I was like, uh, this, 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 this don't seem right. I had, I had to reach I reached out to a friend of a friend to ask about a friend because I was like, yeah, they appeared in the dreams and they did not look like they were in a good situation. So you never know. And too bad. There's no equipment you can use to like, Record dreams at this point. Yeah. Well, not yet. Not yet. Not yet. But speaking of equipment, you guys, I have a equipment list here that you guys gave me. I believe you have audio recorders. Yes. Trap camera. Yes. So the um, trap cameras are like the hunting cameras that someone will, you know, set ah, up okay. to. They're, they're motion sensor or sad, they can be sound activated depending on their different abilities. And like somebody would set that up in the woods to you know, see if a deer wanders by or something like that. <laughs> I, was gonna everywhere s- I was going to say, well, you got the equipment to catch Bigfoot if you want that. Okay. Yes. Let's uh thermal device iPhone. Uh, yep. I've got a seek uh, thermal device. So it's an attachment that goes onto my iPhone and uh, it can recognize temperature differences. Mm-hmm. Now it's, it's off because the temperature that it shows me, it's not showing me the right temperature. So if it says 87 degrees, I don't think that's actually 87 degrees. But when I do get a scope of difference in temperature, I think that's true. So if I see a 14 degree difference. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, we probably just need to recalibrate. I, I probably that. have like a bottom level, you know, again, equipment. Like the baseline is off, but it's yeah, still. But, but, but it's still. Yeah. Changes is accurate. So we've used that in some places, you know, like if you get a cold spot or something and I want to see what's my actual temperature difference. So we walked around, we walked around Waverly Hills with it um, to see what was, you know, the temperature differences as we're walking. And so a really cool experience we had from the first time we went to Waverly with the thermal is we had, um, we had been debating whether or not we we're going to walk up in Waverly. It was a tuberculosis hospital. And so one side is, if there's a full moon or whatnot, it's very bright because it is completely open to the air. There's not windows mm-hmm. and it's not that there's not windows because the building has fallen in disrepair. There's not windows because it was actually designed not to have windows at that time to treat tuberculosis. They were like fresh air, no matter how cold. Cough it so, out. <laughs> so if you walk down one side, you're walking on basically just a balcony um, along the, the whole length of the building. And if you walk in the middle um, hall, then it's completely interior and it's very dark. And we had been deciding, this is the first time we were at Waverly, we've been deciding, do we want to go up the dark inside or do we want to walk up the solarium? And <laughs> it was the only time, even still, it was the only time we were very, we, we felt um, a decent amount of fear. And so we had decided we were going to walk up the solarium. And uh, on our recorder, well, and so we're walking on the solarium. And at one point, we again felt that unease. And you could pick it up in our transcript because most of the time when we thought we were interacting with something, we would say, is there anyone here who is here? What person might be here? And this is the only time where just grammatically we were like, is there some 
thing here. We were like, it's not someone, it doesn't feel human. Is there something here? And Johanna had been using the thermal and she was watching a temperature difference spot along the ceiling. And that's, um, again, that, that creeper spirit, he's a, generally a big shadow mm -hmm. and it moves along the, the ceilings and the walls. And so um, we were watching that, that spot and then it disappeared and we felt something physically move in between the two of us. And then very shortly after, um, we had another group of people that came up and were like, hey, did something come by here? Because we were just chasing something. We saw it on the ceiling. And the two of us were like, oh, well, that's cool. <laughs> yes, something came through here. <laughs> like Ghostbusters. I saw it. I saw it. It went down the hallway. Yeah, but so that's the, the Seek thermal device. Um, uh, what and else it was a temperature there? drop, you said, right? It was Yeah, it was a cool spot on the ceiling, if I recall correctly. Because I've been at a friend's house who seems to have spirits visit her when people pass, they'll visit, but then she'll also get these other spirits, and you're always by the closet, like like right at the door, and we took a thermal, a laser thermal reader, and it was a cold uh, autumn night, there was a temperature difference, but it was a raisin temperature, which was odd. Like the whole room was, because uh, we had been out all day, so they didn't even have the heat on in the house. So we get there, it was maybe like 56, 57 degrees in most of the house. Mm -hmm. You you aim the laser on the on the wall, on the um inside the house, but the a wall that goes towards the outside of the house. Yeah. Fifty six, fifty seven. The bed, fifty six, fifty seven. Inside the closet, the wall, fifty six, fifty seven. The closet door. We aim it and it's 70 something. And we're mm. like, we touch it and it doesn't feel that warm. And it's not like um, it's made of like some kind of wood or anything that would be retaining heat because it felt just as yeah. cold. And yeah, it, it would doesn't. Yeah, and it's like, it, and it was it always. Was wall, you could be like, is there a pipe behind there, but not a wood door? And it's a hollow door too. So you think it's not, so it wouldn't necessarily have. Um, any, I can't think of the word stuffing. I was going to say on the inside. Right. Like that so thing. No yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I've seen it. So we've seen with the, with the thermal device, we've seen it both ways. Like we'll see a cold area or we'll see a hot area. And then we can try and, you know, look and see like, what is that temperature difference? And then try and go from there. Like we were at this bed and breakfast, bed and breakfast in Vicksburg. <laughs> And I got super excited because there was a big thermal change. And then I got closer and I discovered it was a vent. And I was like, damn it. Oh, that, the Vicksburg battlefield, right? Well, that was at the, the bed and breakfast in Vicksburg. But yes, oh, okay. we, been at the battlefield we, we did go to the battlefield as well. Yeah, I was going to say, I'm assuming probably from that trip is what I meant. To, yeah. That's what I should have said. Um, let's see. S-Box. Yep. Laser. So that is our spirit box, which is uh, sweeping through different radio stations um so that if we're getting a word or a sentence it's across multiple radio stations and um you know hopefully uh, a spirit or ghost could use that energy and communicate that way like a white noise generator almost yeah that's the thing where you're like yep. how do you feel um, about be, being in this house yeah, yeah basically <laughs> um and so that is fun um to use 
um, one of the things that we do with it is um, one of us will wear it uh, with headphones and ah, yes, yes. noise canceling headphones over the, the earbuds. Um, and that's in two parts. One is to not annoy any other people who maybe don't like <laughs> the Xbox. Because if you just have that playing, like no one else can do anything. You ruin your Xbox audio. is going to ruin everyone's audio. Mm-hmm. Um, and doing that, having your, um, it's a, one person has their ears covered and they're listening to it while others ask questions is referred to as the Estes method. We pronounce that wrong. It's Estes. I think they say Estes. It's named for Estes, Colorado. So we have a friend who's spelled exactly the same way and her last name is Estes. So that's why we pronounce it that way. Oh, okay. But um, <laughs> yeah, I learned, I got corrected by somebody when I said it. So it's Estes, Colorado. Um, and they call it the Estes method because that's where the Stanley Hotel is. And that's where somebody did it first. Mm-hmm. And uh, it helps because the person listening is is blind. They don't know what questions I'm asking. So Megan won't know what questions I'm asking. So she can't. Not that, not that she's, into hearing yeah, not that she's doing it on purpose, but she can't make herself hear something that makes sense if yeah. she doesn't know what the question is. Yeah. So there's no chance of tainting the. Uh... Right. Yeah. And a lot of the times, like when I take the headphones off finally and we're stopping, and my first question to Joe is, did anything make sense? I have no idea. I was just saying random words I thought I heard. I've heard I remember hearing somewhere that sometimes when some people do that, when they take the headphones off, like there's been, um, I forgot where I read it, where like uh, someone said for some reason they just didn't remember what the responses they were saying were. We haven't had that happen yet. Usually Megan will, she'll give me more information. Like there's times where when she says the words, she's trying to mimic the way she hears them. Oh, ooh, so okay. when she takes off the headphones, she'll be like, did you hear that? I said it this way. It sounded like a female. Or did you hear this? It said, I said it this way. It sounded like a male and he sounded sad or, or something along those lines. So she definitely remembers um, but I will say that there have been a lot of times where have taken off the headphone and I have just felt drained um, after having gone through it. And that could just be from trying to focus so intensely on what I'm hearing, mm-hmm. or it could just be from the experience. of It seems you both of you have uh, probably a lot, a lot of psychic energy. So it's possible that your focus is the fact that you have that energy might make it easier for them to respond, especially for wearing the headphones where it's a direct you and them kind of uh connection. Yeah. And so I don't have any of this up yet, but um as soon as we finish Waverly and we go back to the Lotes house, um we had a fantastic S box session at the Lotes house. And we did get far enough in our transcript that I know I have it on on our recorders at the, at the Lotes house, um, our recorders both acted up and at various times turned off. And so I was concerned that I did not have this S box session recorded, but I, I now know that I definitely do. Um, but it's a house that was at the civil, the, the center of the battle of Franklin in, in the civil war. And at one point we thought we were communicating with potentially a union soldier and I had asked, you know, what other battles were you in? And I can't remember now what what cities Megan said, but she said like Vicksburg, Lynchburg and something else. And all three were actually cities um, that were major battles in the Civil War. 
And I asked her, you know, I asked, what state are you from? And I think she said Minnesota. So we were looking up different Minnesota units to see if they were at those battles. And they were. Um, so just a fantastic spirit box session that I, I can't wait till I get back to that and kind of get that out there. But again, she was listening blind. So she didn't, the fact that she rattled off three cities that had major battles without knowing my question and then a state without knowing my question was just gave me chills. Now, is it always her wearing the headphones or do you guys switch up, switch that up? So far, it has always been Megan wearing the headphones. Oh, okay. And I feel like that makes sense just with uh, with some of our stories from when we were twins. Um, when we were twins, when we were kids, we were, we were, we're not twins no more. Back when we were twins, <laughs> news to me. Um, when we were kids, a lot of the times our stories of talking in each other's heads or hearing things, Joe did reference that there were times in high school where she would hear her name called and we would just double check it. And I was talking about her at one point, but most of the stories tended to be Johanna, like transmitting radio signals and me picking them up. And so I think that kind of, that might be why we've naturally, why we naturally um, like mm-hmm. it's never even been we're like we're gonna do the estes method now and i'm like okay and i start getting on i grab the earbuds like it's never even been considered doing it the other way we don't draw straws for it it's just always been megan's the one that's gonna have the headphones one of you's a transmitter one of you's a receiver it, it's most of the way it most of the time it, it has seemed that way that i there are a couple stories that go the other way but most of the time it is um usually i have done something stupid and injured myself and megan feels pain like that's the way most of our stories go or johanna thinks something or i I think something and she hears it like the clearest the clearest story we have um of kind of a conversation is is all johanna sending me things and me hearing her talk and thinking she is talking to me and my replies were mostly just me nodding my head to her but um I'll tell that story. So we were kids. Uh, <laughs> we were kids and uh, we were at a diner, New York diners, man. I miss New York diners so much, but we were kids at a diner and uh, we were sitting across from each other. And my parents were sitting across from each other, your classic four, you know, four seater table. And um, Megan is, is nodding her head. Uh, Our parents are talking about, my parents talking about politics and we Megan's, didn't nodding her head we we leave the diner we get into the car megan and i go into the very back of the minivan even though there is no other children to be sitting in the center we just you know are bratty kids and we want to go away from our parents who have been talking about politics and megan says to me once my parents start driving she says uh man i can't believe you said all that and mom and dad didn't even tell you to shut up and i'm like (laughs) i didn't say anything but i was thinking about how boring this was how tired of politics I was. And Megan was sitting across from me nodding her head and I wasn't really paying attention to it. So everything I was thinking, she thought I was saying. And then my parents were just ignoring me and continuing For to talk reason. about politics. So that's that's most of our stories. I am sending it, it messages was, to it Megan. Was a, it was a long, it was, it was like 15, 20 minutes worth of, of sitting there. So if we want to get you guys to uh, start... Uh... Mentally communicating, we just got to start talking politics at a party when we're all there. Yeah, how much has changed? As, as adults now, we we verbalize when we don't want to talk about politics. <laughs> oh my god! Let's see. Uh, the rest on this list. Let's see. Laser grid and infrared. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, so I do have a, a laser grid, but um, 
we're, we're trying to figure out, we know that next year is going to be expensive because of some of the locations that we want to go to, mm-hmm. but we know we also want to add something for equipment. So one of the possibilities was a better laser grid. The one I have is it's small. It basically looks like a laser pen, but it will throw out, you know, a bunch of green dots. And hopefully that would help us identify if a shadow or something looks like it's moving. Ah, uh, yes. I remember discussing this. Yeah, it doesn't have a good range and it doesn't have a very long battery life. I have one that I got off wish.com. And I got it more just for like uh, to do light stuff with, but it's a red and it does a red grid, a red laser grid, and it's two of them. I think it was only like a dollar fifty each because it's off a wish. It's enough to fill up about maybe half of a room. Yeah, so and, I need to go to wish.com. And it's and it runs off of um, it's basically got a USB plug. So even if you just bought buy like an external chargeable battery and just plug it into that, and being that it's probably LED light, it'll probably last a while. Yeah. And then I have here that you guys, I don't know if you have it or you want to have it, an SLS camera. We do not have it. Um, and honestly, we do not really want one. But we did see a pretty cool interaction with one at the Vale Manor. There was a, a couple of women there, and one of them had the SLS camera um, looking into a room called the Nature's Bower. And uh, she did pick up a figure in it, and we could not figure out anything that could have been causing it. And the other woman went over. She felt, you know, a bit of a, a cold area there. It kind of looked like it reached out and touched her, and it was it was really neat to see. Um, but that's one of the pieces of equipment that I feel like, uh, one, if you're walking around with it, you can't really – trust it because it's looking to make images so you can walk past a lamp or something like that and it will try and make uh you know think think if there's a person there um so that's kind of my my concern about about that it really needs to be stationary um and so just um sls stands for uh structured light scanner and basically it's the it's the technology that's like in an s-box xbox xbox Xbox? connect it's like yeah um Um, it's meant to it's meant to be left stationary and and have other things move in front of it and so if you are moving it that can have the background change which makes it which tricks it into thinking that maybe there's um something there um so the point where the first time we were at waverly there was a gentleman who was who was showing his off and (laughs) it was picking up it was picking up on some some little figure it had on top of someone's shoulder and we were all looking at it and I'm a brat. So I was like, I think that's not a figure. I was like, I think it's that piece of wood that's like jutting out of the doorway. Yeah. Um, and because he was moving it, the system doesn't know it's moving. So it thinks that that piece of wood is moving. So it's like, mm-hmm. Oh, there must be a person there. It's just, uh, it's funny. There is an app that a friend told me about and I downloaded it and I got rid of it, but I might download it again now that I got a newer phone. I got it on the iPhone. It's called Ghost Tube SLS. It's basically an SLS camera. I've it, heard about that. It's probably not the best one, like, you know, if you get a full-on camera that does that, but in its description, it does. it says, no, it's not looking for ghosts. It just looks for possible things that are doing certain shapes and they say it's really up to the investigator like yeah 
Just like just like if you see a light in a room, you're not going to assume, oh my god, it's a ghost. No, you got to figure out what's making that light. So like they they explain, you know, if you're getting a shape somewhere, just like you said with the piece of wood, you got to look. Is it something in the background that's making it, or like if you point it right at a blank wall, and you see movement, <laughs> or you're getting a shape, that's when you should be like, yeah, there shouldn't be a shape there. Yeah, when the first time we were at Waverly, I was looking through my my uh, video camera and I said to Megan, I said, Oh my God, there's so many orbs here. And <laughs> another person was like, what's an orb? And I was like, it's a piece of dust. <laughs> like I acted all excited. And then when she actually like asked about it, I was like, no, it's dust and bugs. That's not to say we've had some things that we are orbs that we can't explain, but yeah, kind of, kind of like that for the most part, it's dust and bugs. And it's up to me to try and, you know, look at it and tell the difference. Well, it's a good thing you weren't like, oh, you don't know? Oh, don't talk to me then. I don't know why you're here. Yeah. Which there are people that see themselves as gatekeepers for like information and paranormal stuff, though. I, I've been lucky that the the people that I've reached out to and the people that I've got in touch with, um, we're all kind of like-minded. We're all looking just to understand and, and you know, know better and uh, just open to either open to criticism or, you know, encouragement. Like if I put out something that looks totally fake, you know, I want you to tell me that and tell me that I'm wrong, but also we're, we're supportive of each other and, you know, sharing different things about equipment and tips and techniques. So far we've, we've been lucky with the people that we've reached out to. Uh, Is there anything else you guys wanted to mention about what you're doing, what you're planning on doing? Send us money. <laughs> Send us money so we could do more, more cool no, stuff. Just, just follow our YouTube, please. Yeah, right now, my, my biggest thing right now is that I need people to follow my YouTube because my YouTube channel link is atrocious. It's just a list of letters and numbers, and I can't change it, apparently, until I get 100 subscribers. So once I get 100 subscribers, I will be able to make it some version of Traveler's Paranormal so that it's you know, easy to be found. But so right now my biggest goal is just to get a hundred on YouTube. And I think I have 20. 19. Yeah. Thank you, Eddie. You... <laughs> well, you know, Eddie, Eddie hit subscribe. It's 20. You, if you subscribe now, you could be number 20. 20 subscribed. Yeah. It's, it's really like, I wish like basically most places it's travelers, like Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok. If you look up travelers paranormal, you're going to find us. Twitter, like Twitter always does, shortens things. So it's like Travelers Para N1. But that's, you know, Twitter being special. But YouTube is just this ridiculous set of letters and numbers that nobody's going to find. Yeah, I made a, I've got, the only thing I didn't switch over is I have my original blog that's just my blog. And I'll keep using that um, to put up, you know, history and things that we've looked at and kind of tie everything together. but. As as we've been going through different things, like on Waverly, the the newest trip, I'm making short videos and throwing them up on YouTube. And I've made a few, you know, TikTok videos. I'm really just, I'm learning how to use TikTok. Very new to that. But, uh, you know, just trying to get different things out there. But yeah, my my biggest goal right now, other than to go to some amazing locations next year, is just to get 100 YouTube subscribers. (laughs) Well, if anyone listening, I'm going to have the link there. So definitely 
because we can't just throw out the youtube.com slash channel slash uc00 dash y o capital x m dash capital o d i k zero t y seven y four u u h q make sure to follow that yeah (laughs) exactly it rolls right off the tongue yeah make sure to follow it see if you can even remember it jesus and then there's the name the name that you have on there with is the joreka yeah that's my other youtube is is uh so there's two now there is a different one i guess i should send you the other one there is one that like will say that it's travelers but i can't set the the channel yet and then oh, there's okay. one, there's mine that's Joe Rec slash K E R O J, which is just Joe Rec backwards. And that's oh, her. I didn't even catch that. Yeah, that's, that was uh, my old, that was my old YouTube. I'm trying to remember what the word for that is—a soliloquy or I can't no, palindrome. Palindrome. Pa- oh, okay. I thought you were going to say Allentown. It's an excellent song, though. <laughs> it is an excellent song. But um, yeah, so uh, I will say that. Like I said, we already booked one location. I've got a date for it. It's going to be in March, and that's in Indiana, in Rockville, Indiana. Hoping to book uh, a couple of things, or the St. Augustine Lighthouse. Um, We're hoping to do that in January, but I haven't booked it yet. Bobby Mackey's, and and then the three locations in Hartford City. That's that's going to be intense, because that's going to be kind of a week-long, you know, craziness mm-hmm. but those are those are some of our plans for oh there's a, others too for next year some more kind of local to tennessee type places um but yeah hopefully good things to come i was gonna say good things or are we looking for bad things good information whether good. it's from good things or bad things yeah so we'll have yeah definitely send me the link so i can have it up there and i can post yeah, it I in there uh yeah tiktok it's insane the only thing i can suggest on tiktok that um I have friends who have like a good amount of followers is talking, you know, like make it interesting at least, even though it's only a short, but also connecting with other people doing what they call duets or uh, like, uh, which is basically where someone puts a video up and you kind of film your video and it goes up as like a double video next week. Yeah, I've seen that. I've seen that. Or, and then look for people that are asking for uh, stuff like that for duets and stuff and who are asking questions and put up your answer in that form and then make sure they're tagged too so then i mean it sounds kind of messed up go find people that already have followers and just use them for their followers is basically what it is that's fine with me it's like i'm sorry i'll send you a dollar i didn't mean to use you so bad Well, I want to thank you for coming on the show. We're, I'm definitely going to have you guys back on again because we need to talk about your creepy twin stuff. Yes. <laughs> and yeah, there's definitely, I know there's definitely uh, a lot more paranormal stories that we didn't get to that ha- that's from before you guys even started doing investigations. Yes. So I definitely would like to get into that. I want to thank both of you for coming on here. Any last words you want to say? No, just always seek to know more, basically. Yes. Okay, I'm I'm gonna go with please recording. Actually, record. Yeah, actually yeah, record. Actually would be good. Record. We don't need the third third time is the charm type deal going on here. By the third, I mean I have enough notes. By the third time, it'll just be more like of me doing a uh, recording on my own, just talking about you guys. Yeah. <laughs> then you guys will be like, we 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 were interviewed twice for this for an episode, but in in the end, he just talks about us. That's all about it.
All right. Thank you guys. All right. Thank you, Eddie. Eddie. All right. We'll talk. We'll talk. I'll talk to you later. We will talk to you later. Yeah. Bye. Bye. Bye, Eddie.